Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. series called The Beginning of the End. Um, And some of you probably thought this was going to be a series on the book of Revelation, um, but it is not that series. Um, I would call it something way cooler. But uh, we're in a series called The Beginning of the End. And the idea of this is that if you begin to do this, then this is what will end up happening. That if you and I will begin doing this, that this is what will end up happening in our life. And so I'm going to jump right in because I've got a lot of, lot of things to cover today. Um, I really love what I get to talk about today. I'm going to talk to you about bug spray, hampers, and blueprints. Bug spray, hampers, and blueprints. And we got a lot to get to. So um, we're going to dive into the Bible. One of my favorite books in all of the Bible is Proverbs. If you've never read it, man, I read it about three times a year. And my, pretty much the whole book of Proverbs is highlighted and written on in my Bible. Um, but Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10 through 13 says this, My child, listen to me and do as I say. We're going to stop there just for a second. Because this is so big and so important for us to get this morning. My child, listen, don't just hear me today, but listen to me. Listen, Linda, right? Like, listen, Linda, listen to me and, 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 and do, don't just, but do as I say. And here's what, if you will do this, you will have a long, good life. Now, I love that he just didn't put a long life because some people have lived a long life, but you're like, I don't want that life, right? Like, it's a, not a good life. You will have a long, good life. If you listen to me, here's the result. You'll have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's way and lead you in straight paths. I'll show you the way to go, the, the, the wise way to go. Not the path that everybody else is going, but the way that is wise the wise way to go. When you walk, you won't be held back. And when you run, you won't stumble. Here's what I want us to understand. It doesn't say that there's not going to be hard times, but it says you will make it through those hard times. It doesn't mean you're going to understand the whole path, but you will make it through your misunderstanding. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. This sounds so awesome, right? And all of us, if I bowed our heads, closed our eyes, we're like, yes, I want that. But here's the problem. We want that, but we don't know what that is just yet. Right? There's this broad thing of wisdom's way that the Bible's talked about. And I'll show you wisdom's way, and I'll make your path straight, and I'll show you where to go. And some of us are going... And, like, what's that mean, right? Like, what's, what, what's the path? Where's the yellow brick, brick road? Like, where, where do I go? How do I know what the path is? What, how do I know which way to go? And I'm glad you asked this morning because Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach us 
what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Here's what I want us to understand before we go any further, before we get any deeper in this message. Everything you need, the path that you need to know, what path to go down, when do I turn, what do I do, the wisdom's way, it is in the Word of God. It is the Bible. The Bible is key for your development. It is key for you walking down wisdom's way and your path being straight. It is about getting into the Word, being a student of the Word. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. And a lot of people are like, oh, I thought you were going to give me some groundbreaking thing. Can I tell you, if you will get into the Word of God, it gives you turn-by-turn directions for your life. It is like the map apps on your phone, right? right? When you, when you don't know where to go, when you are going to a place you've never been, you open up your map apps, you put in the address, and it sends you turn-by-turn turn instructions and directions, and they're telling you when to turn, it's showing you where to turn. All this is happening. Now, when you and I put in the directions, we don't put the directions in and then mute Siri. Well, you might mute Siri because she's annoying. Let's just talk about like, shut up, Siri. You've had fights with her. I know it. Um, no, just me. Okay. Um, but uh, you, you, you don't turn off the directions. Just say, I'm, I'm just going to wing it. Right? No, because you know she's there to help you and to guide you. Here's the other thing at it. If you have a cell phone, if you have an iPhone, like, like I use an iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you have the ability to get anywhere you don't know how to get. You've just simply got to open up and use the app. I'll tell you the same is true for the Word of God. Man, it teaches, it is useful to teach us what to do. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us what to do and it teaches us what to do that is right. It, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You've got all you need. You've got step-by-step -step instructions. When you don't know where to go, when you don't know what to do, it is right in the word of God. But the problem isn't that we don't have access to the Bible. The problem isn't that we don't have, you know, like that we don't know the information of the Bible. Here's, here's the problem, is that we don't apply the Bible, right? We, we don't apply the Bible. We got the information. Most of us know what the Bible says. Most of us, we have access to the Bible. The problem is that we aren't listening, Linda, right? We're not doing what it says. And, and so we understand information alone doesn't bring change. But I say this, I've said this quite a bit, and I'll say it again. It's when information meets application. Information plus application brings transformation, right? It's when the information that's in the Word of God gets applied to your life that your life becomes drastically changed. So you want to live a long, good life? And listen to what the Word of God says. And here's what our beginning of the end is today. Some of you are like, you're not even in your first point. No, buckle up. Um, where, here's your beginning of the end today, is that if you will begin to be obedient, 
it leads to blessings and benefits instead of consequences and regrets. If you will begin some point, some place, you got to get on an on-ramp to being obedient to the Word of God, to God's way, to wisdom's way. If you will begin to be obedient, it leads to benefits and blessings instead of consequences and regrets. I'm going to just pause for just a second, okay? There's something that is driving me absolutely nuts right now. I think we have a mic on from somebody from the band um, if we can mute that off, because I'm like, or I have asthma and I don't know it. Um, I'm just going to say that. Um, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I'm, what, is it me? No, it's them. Um, so um, when we begin to be obedient, it leads to benefits and blessings instead of consequences and regrets. If we want to have a life that is blessed and is is, is enjoying the benefits of following God's path and his purpose. Can I tell you, man, you've got to learn at some point, at some place to be obedient to his way and follow his commands instead of your emotions. Because some of us, we're more prone to follow our emotions than his commands. We're more prone to follow our feelings instead of the word of God. And there's a better way for you and I to live our Life And if we will begin somewhere, you say, and hear me, teenagers, college-age student, man, young adult, some point in place, you got to own it for you. It's not about your parents enforcing it. It's not about, well, my parents ruined Christianity. No, 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 no. Stop making all the excuses and own it for you. At some point, you've got to become obedient so that you can enjoy the benefits and blessings that God wants to bring your way. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49 says this. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? That's good. <laughs> why, do you call, why do you call me uh, Lord, Lord? Why do you call me someone who has authority? Someone who's a master of your life when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruin. Here's what I want you to understand is that Jesus didn't say that if you obey my ways and if you do life the way I'm instructing you to do it, you'll avoid all the storms of life. That's not what he said. He simply said that when the storms come your way, your life will still be standing because you built it in a wise way. You built it with a foundation. You didn't build it on emotion. You didn't build it on what culture's doing. You built it on a wiser, a better way, and there's a better way for you and I to live than just based on our emotions or our inclinations or by copying what all our buddies and our friends are doing. There's a better way to do it, and here's what I would tell you, that if you and I will become obedient, it will lead you to a life that has a lot less regret and a lot less heartache, but the alternative to it is this, is that not doing what God is asking you to do, which that's called disobedience. We always want to call it something else, right? But it's called disobedience. Not doing what God is asking you and calling you and having, have, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He's got a will for your life. Not doing that will always lead you to a place that you regret not doing it God's way. 
and it leads you to a place of heartache. If you obey now, what I can tell you is true, you'll have limited regrets later. Right? If you obey now, you'll have limited regrets later. And I love what Joyce Meyer said. She said, obedience to God is the pathway to the life you really want to live. Right? Obedience to God is the pathway to the life you really want to live. And, and here's what I want us to understand today. Is that, like, obedience to God isn't just it brings blessing and benefit. It's not just what it takes you to and brings to you. Many times the blessing and benefit that comes from obeying God's way and obeying God's word and his path for you is what it keeps you from. Right? Like, me and my youngest daughter, we go frog hunting down. Um, we've got a pond right by our house, and so we go frog hunting, and they're massive frogs. But before we go frog hunting, we put our waders on, we put our lights on. I'll bring you a picture sometime, um, and we spray down with off, right? Why? Not because it makes me look shiny and oily. Um, not because it's this musk that Casey can't resist when it's on me. Um, not any of that sort of stuff. Why, why do we put it on? To keep away the mosquitoes and the ticks and the bugs. The, the benefit of bug spray is what it keeps away from us and off of us. And can I tell you, the same thing is true when it comes to obedience. It's about what it keeps you from instead of you engaging in, that you had no business engaging in, not, had no business running after. Man, it has helped you learn to follow his path, and in being obedient, it has kept you away from other things. Because here's what I have figured out, is that the goal of life is not for God to do your will and your purpose, but for your life to to do God's will and God's purpose for your life. It's not that God is some genie in a bottle, you know, that I'm going to rub you the right way. It's not. It's not that moment. God's not. Christina Aguilera, come on, man. I can shake my, come on. Um, it's not about God doing what I want him to do, but it's about me being obedient to what God is asking me to do. So here's what he says. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And I think I know the answer. Because here's where we miss it. We get really near and we get really close to obedient or being, being obedient or obedience. We get really close to it. But understand, close obedience is still disobedience. Right? Close obedience it's still disobedience. Ask every mom in this place to ask her kid to put the bowl in the sink. And they put it by the sink. And they put it around the sink. Close obedience is still not, it's not, but that's not what I asked you to do. I asked you to put the bowl in the dishwasher. And, and, and so let me give you an example that happens at my house, in my life. And this may be my favorite illustration of all time. Um, all of us more than likely have a place where the dirty clothes go and your hamper doesn't really look like this nice, right? Like, just be honest. I did not bring my hamper here because it doesn't look as nice as this. It still has the tag on it. So, hey, um, 
Here's, here's what happens. I don't know what occurs in my mind and in my body when I get home, but it's like my clothes are on fire, right? And when I walk into the door, I'm getting my clothes off as quick as possible because I want to go swimming, or I just want to get into something comfortable, like some shorts, a t-shirt, whatever it may be. And so I just start taking clothes off, and I'm like, I, it's like a path has happened. Like, there went Justin, right? And, and I have the greatest setup of all time. My wife does the laundry, folds the laundry, cleans the laundry, sorts. I mean, she's awesome. And all she asks for me to do is put my clothes in the hamper. But when I take my clothes off, something happens. There's a fever that happens inside my life. And all of a sudden, when I see a hamper here and my clothes are here, I turn into an NBA all-star, right? And I'm like, jump shot, right? And, and, and I, I just start shooting them in. I'm like, oh, it's close enough, close enough, right? Or, or even better, if I've got my shorts on, I turn into David Beckham and I'm like, get in there, right? And if you can do it with your underwear, you get like, you're, you got mad skills, right? You're just like, woo, look at that. And you want somebody to applaud, like, did you see that? Did you see that? Anyways, here's, here's what happens is unbeknownst to me, this is not the same as in the hamper. I'm like, but, but, but babe, you see, it's right, it's right there. It's right, it's like, yeah, it's right there, right, right. How hard is it for you to do this, right? Like, it's not that hard. Just do it, right? Just get the clothes in the hamper. Do it. And yet, this is what most of our obedience looks like. This, this is the perfect illustration of what most of our obedience looks like. And we would say this, well, I'm better than most, right? I wouldn't even say I'm better than most husbands. You're like, really? You can't get them in the hamper, dude? And your wife does the laundry? Shut your mouth. Like, you got it good. Here, here. But, but I'd be like, well, that's pretty good. It's pretty all right. I mean, that's better than most of society, right? We're not pigs. We're not slobs. We're, it's right around in the vicinity. And we do the same thing when it comes to our obedience to the Lord and what he's asking us to do and how he's instructed us to live. We get close to the mark, but we miss it just a little bit. And there's a verse in the Bible that I've read recently, and it has messed with me. I mean, it's just totally just kicked my rear for the last few months. It says this in John chapter 2, verse 5, and let me, let me give us some context right after this. Mary said to the servants, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. The context of this verse comes from the first recorded miracle of Jesus where he turns water into wine. And, and, and Mary is looking to the servants. They've run out of wine. And so she's like, Jesus, you need to help us. You know, we've run out of wine. This is hugely embarrassing. Um, you know, I, I need you to do something. Go. And what's Jesus say to his mom? Woman, right? That's, his, that's how he leads. Go check it out. Woman, my time has not yet come. I've tried that line on my wife, and it does not work well. Like, Woman, my time has not yet come. I'm not ready yet, right? Don't, don't do it. Um, Jesus got away with some stuff you can't get away with. He's Jesus and you ain't. Um, so, um, 
woman, my time has not yet come. And here's why he said that. He wasn't ready, like his public ministry hadn't started. There's been no miracles yet. There's been no teachings. There's been, Jesus hasn't even gathered his dirty dozen. Like he doesn't even have all his disciples yet, right? He's still waiting for them all. Like he's still drawing them in and yet Mary's like, hey, he, he can fix it. And so what does he tell, what does she tell the servants? She looks at the servants. The servants are looking at Jesus. They don't know Jesus Messiah at this point. Like, who's this guy? Who's this clown, right? Like, that's Mary's son, Jesus. Jesus, what's up, Jesus? Like, what, what's this about? You, you're going to fix this, right? And what does she say? She says, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Why did she say that? Because him telling them to go fill up the pitchers or the vessels with water made no sense. Made no sense. It'd be different if he had a history of making miracles at this point, but they had, he had no histories of making miracles. And so she says, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And as a result of them being obedient to it all, not just being close to obedient, but being totally obedient, they saw the miraculous happen. I think for some of us, the reason we don't see the miraculous, we don't see the benefits and blessings is because we get close to the mark, but we don't hit the mark. Do you know sin? Sin is just defined as simply missing the mark. That's it. And I've had to sit there and ask myself as a person, not, not even as a pastor, am I doing everything Jesus is asking me to do? Because Truth be told, it's not that I'm doing bad things that I need to stop doing. It's that I'm not doing good things that he's calling me to do. And for some of you, it's, it's not even that it's this litany of things that you need to stop doing. For a lot of us, it's some of the things you know God is calling you to do that you just keep postponing. And you keep putting off. And you're doing something close to it, right? Oh, I'm, I'm volunteering once a month at church. You know, I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. Hanging on there. I'm close, right? But that's not obedience. And here's what it says in James chapter 4, verse 17. It says, remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Some of us, what we're struggling with isn't the sins that we are committing. It's, just, it's the things that we're not engaged in. It's not sins of commission. It's sins of omission. And you're not being the found that find, and you're not going after what God's will and purpose for your life is. And, and hear me today. If you will begin to be obedient to God's plan and calling and purpose for your life, it will end with benefits and blessing and a lot of limited heartbreak. But the reality is this, you and I, we've got to be about repeated obedience instead of partial obedience. We've got to be about repeated obedience instead of partial obedience. See, it's not enough for me to come in and do good for one week at this. Like, okay, babe, I got it. I am the most amazing husband. Here you go. I am, I am the man right now. And, and, and the truth be told, you know what? For some weeks, I kill this. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Did you see that, babe? Like, and I expected that a boy. Like, hey, all the clothes are in the hamper. There's nothing around. There's nothing by. It's in it. And she just looks at me like, okay, good job, buddy. And I'm just playing. My wife was fantastic at all this. Like, she doesn't even ask me to do this. 
Um, she's, she's usually picking all my stuff up, just truth be told. But there's moments, right, that I own it, and I kill it. And there's not just close to, or I'm, I'm just good for a season, but I do it. But the problem is I go back to just being lazy and doing what I've done before. For some of us, it's, it's not that we haven't been obedient in the past. It's just that we've just been obedient in the past. And one of the big things that I see that's such a tragedy as a pastor is I see people that are obedient for a season in their life instead of their lifetime. And the wheels come off because something didn't go the way they thought it should. Something went wrong. Something didn't go right. The timing didn't make sense. And so, so I, just, I, I just don't know if I'm going to continue to go after what God has asked of me and continue to do it his way because his way isn't working right now. Or I can be obedient until it doesn't make sense. I think that's where a lot of us come to. Come to this place where it doesn't make sense or, or things aren't happening the way that we want them to or fast enough and we don't see progress. And this is exactly what happened to King Saul. You know King Saul, the one before David. Most of us know King David. And there's this famous passage of Scripture where King Saul has been instructed to go and fight the enemy and to wipe the enemy out, not to leave anything living, whether it be livestock, whether it be people. And King Saul goes, and they have a victory, and they, they win the battle, they win the war. And all of a sudden, King Saul killed all the weak and, and not healthy livestock, but he kept the healthy livestock. Killed everybody but the kings. He, he kept the kings to show them off. And Samuel, the prophet at the time, goes, what, what's going on? And God's like, I'm sorry I ever made Saul king. Why? Because he got close to obedient, but he didn't fully obey me. And Samuel comes up, and Saul, he does something that we do so good at. We can make our disobedience make sense, can't we? We really can. Well, it just, I, I know there's a lot of different ways you could do this, but this way just made sense, right? I could see if I'm Saul, that's what I'm doing. Like, Sam, I know, I know God said all this, but why waste all that? It just doesn't make sense. I might as well, you know, and I'm doing a good thing. I'm sacrificing these to the Lord, you know, but that's not what God called him to do. And it says this in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the Lord, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Here's what I can tell you, is that God's desire for you isn't to get close to obedience, isn't to be obedient partially, part, part of your life or for a season of your life, but there is significance in repeated obedience. When you keep obeying the purpose and path and will of God for your life, and you put that thing on repeat, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep going after what God is calling you to go after and conduct your life, and you keep the principles and the word of God in the forefront of your life. But Justin, I'm not seeing any progress. Justin, it's not working out the way I want it. Justin, there's all these things I don't understand. It's hard. I don't get it right now. And it's not working the way I need it to work. And what I I believe with all my heart is a lot of us miss out on the miraculous because of our impatience and our simple willingness or unwillingness to not understand a situation. When Casey and I got in ministry right out of Bible college, 
I worked for a pastor who was not a nice guy. He was, he was, you know, he's a monster. And that's the nice word. Like, you're a monster, right? Like, he's not a good guy. He was mean, just a jerk. Um, and you shouldn't say that about pastors, but he was. Um, and yes, there's a lot of adjectives we could throw that way. So throw, no, I'm just playing. Um, you're like, throw them at me. Um, but um, I, I remember just a really, really tough workplace. And man, I'm coming in. I, I started working my part-time in Bible college, uh, my, my senior year for this guy, and I'm, I keep thinking, okay, it's going to get better. When I'm full-time, it'll keep getting better, right? It's going to get better. Oh, no, it got a lot worse. And so this is what I had dreamed of doing with my life. You know, and I was excited to be there, and I'm out of college, and I'm going to be in ministry. And, you know, we were broke, but it was okay, right? It was okay because we were pursuing the will and path of God's plan for our life and stepping into that next step. And Man, it just became one of those things. He wanted me at the office about 6 or 7 in the morning, and I didn't get to come home till 10 o'clock at every night doing stupid stuff, like things that didn't make sense. I had to aerate the church yard one time. I mowed his yard all the time and clipped the hedges of his house all the time. And, like, he would just be like, um, Justin, I want you to tear down that shack and rebuild it. No, not, not exaggerating. Like, that is literally what he did. And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm just like, now I'd be like, what are you talking about, Jack? But, um. You know, just all these things, and it started really hurting Casey and I's marriage because we never saw each other. And she's like, you're never home. And I'm like, I know, and I want to be home, and I've got this and that. And so we just came to a place where we understood, man, we, we can't do this. We, we, something's got to change. And we had a meeting with that pastor. And that pastor, I remember, man, I, I'm, I'm crying, and I'm overwhelmed, and I feel like I'm, like, letting my dad down. You know, I'm like, sorry, I'm disappointment. And um, he just looked at me, and he said, Justin, if you can't make it in ministry here, you'll never make it in ministry anywhere. And can I tell you, at that moment, at that time, I was mad. I was, I was done. It's like, this is not the way ministry is supposed to look. It's not the way that I envisioned it all going. This isn't the dream. This isn't, this, this, this has, this, the wheels have come off. So God, I've been obedient since high school, since college, and this is what it looks like. And I gotta be really, I was done with ministry at that point. Casey was done and we were just like, I, I'm, I'm, nope, 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 that's it. God, we're gonna just start figuring it out and I'll go do something else. But that is not what's going to happen with me. And some of you, you're right there. And it just hasn't gone the way you envision life going. And you feel stuck and you feel like, well, why should I obey? Because this is the way it's worked out for me. Why, why should I obey? Because all I am today, Justin, is I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I feel defeated, I feel broken, and that's, that's me. Be, where's the benefit and blessing that you've been talking about? Because my obedience has been there, but I haven't seen God keep his end of the bargain. So I talked earlier, we've got land that we are have bought and we're working with an architect that has designed a building and designed a plan and how the whole ground's going to be platted out and where we're going to put this building and parking and signage and bathrooms and all where the plumbing's going the lighting all all these things that would would I would never be able to know um, because when I go out to look there it just looks like a big piece of land because that's what it is right 
I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And, and when we go through the construction process of it, they're going to be moving dirt. And I'm just going to be like, when are we like, when are the walls going up, right? Like, and, and they're going to be pouring a slab and they're going to be pouring curbs. And I'm still going to be going, where's the process in all this? Where's the building, right? I'm tired of all the dirt work. Where's the building? Where is it at? And here's the deal. There's going to be so much on that building process that I don't know and that I don't understand. But here's the great thing is that there is an architect that has already designed a plan, has already come up with blueprints from the beginning of it to the end of it. So when there is processes that are happening that I don't understand why we have to do that, there's a reason behind it because the architect knows why we have to do it. When there feels like nothing is going on and nothing is moving and nothing is operating and nothing is functional and it seems like people are just busy doing nothing, there's a reason behind it because he has a plan for the beginning to the end of it. And what is true for a building is true for your life. There is an author and finisher of your story and of your faith. And you may not understand it, but man, if you can stay obedient, he has a plan for you in the midst of your misunderstanding, in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your disappointment. He's got it all planned out. And your job isn't to understand every turn and why are we going this way and why are we doing that? We could have gone there quicker if we would have done this. I get it. I know it. I'm the same way. But if you will begin to be obedient, even when it doesn't make sense, if you'll begin to be obedient because you trust the one who's come up with the plan, I can promise you this. It will end in your life being benefited and blessed instead of being full of heartache and regret. Why? Because you didn't do it your way. You did it following his. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I pray today that this would just be a real honest look into ourselves. Because, Lord, there's several of us that were here. Lord, a lot of us. But that phrase, do whatever Jesus tells you to do, it's just not true of our life right now. And we know it. Lord, for some of us, there's things that we are doing we know we shouldn't be doing. And we can excuse it. And we can make it sound good. And we can make it make sense to our friends and to our coworkers and to our family and maybe even to our spouse and our kids. But Lord, we know that's not your calling and your purpose for our life. And we're missing the mark. For others of us, God, it's things that we're not engaging in. Lord, it's things that we're not doing. And so, God, my prayer today is this. My prayer is that not that we would be obedient for a season, but that, God, there would be repeated obedience that happens in our lives. God, my, my prayer isn't that we would be close to being obedient. Not, not that our obedience would look better than others, but that, Lord, our obedience would be according to how you have called and instructed us. To, not that we would get close to obedient, but, Lord, we would actually be obedient, and we would follow your calling and your purpose and your plan for our life. Lord, I pray that you would help us just to take an honest look, and that, Lord, when we look at the questions that are being asked and the questions that are, that are coming our way, that we can look and say, I've done whatever 
Jesus has asked me to do. And as a result of beginning to be obedient, man, we reap the benefits and blessings of a life lived on wisdom's path. Pray, help us today. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And man, I do not know who Jesus Christ is. Maybe you've never made this decision today. We want to give you a chance to change that. Today, maybe, maybe it's not, you know who Jesus is. But just like this hamper, man, you're close to being who God's called you to be, but you're not there. Somewhere you, you drifted and you got, you're close. But close isn't the same as being you say, I'm, I'm here just in today. I just need to recommit my life to him. I'm going to count to three. And if you're here in this place or you're at home and that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you are and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone you say, Justin, that's me? Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else you say, Justin, that's me today? That's me. Anyone else, before we go any further in service, you say, Justin, that's me. Man, I'm close, and I, I know where I'm at. Still not being obedient to where God is calling me. Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today, and I confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I, I turn away from the life that I was living and I repent of it, and I turn to you, and I ask that your grace and your love would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv.